When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chinwaggers, it's Steve Asma. And a few weeks ago, Paul and I took Chinwag on the road to a long-running comedy festival, Sketchfest in San Francisco. We had a total blast. We brought in a special guest. He's a writer and comedian, Chris Gethard. And we got so carried away that we're splitting this special into two episodes, this week and next week. Chris is a great storyteller. We get into some crazy, weird shit. And you're going to need two weeks to process all this stuff. So we hope you enjoy it. Oh, my stars, Steve. My stars and stripes. We have some exciting news. Shall we tell them? We should reveal that Chinwag is hitting the road again and going on a West Coast tour. Yes, that's right. If you missed us in your fair city, truly, friends, don't fret, don't fear, don't have a panic attack. <laughs> Do not panic. We will be recording live Chinwags in May in Los Angeles, Portland, and Seattle. Yes, in L.A. we'll be at Dynasty Typewriter on May 14th. You can go to chinwagpod.fm slash Los Angeles for tickets. And on May 16th, we're going to be in Portland at Revolution Hall. For those tickets, go to chinwag.fm slash Portland. And we'll be at Town Hall, the great town hall in Seattle on May 17th. For tickets to that, go to chinwagpod.fm slash Seattle. You do not want to miss this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be mighty, mighty. So get your tickets at chinwagpod.fm, and we will see you there. Come on out, waggers. Come out, waggers. Come out. <laughs> Come out of hiding. Wow, I'm even turned on by that. Wow, that was amazing. I feel like every theremin player in the world is so insulted by what I do. Not true, they not true. to just be like, really? You're, 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 uh, you're blazing a new path hey, in really? theremin playing, yes, <laughs> is that absolutely. What it is? Fantastic. Hi, San Francisco. Wow. This is amazing, guys, wow. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming yeah, out on a Saturday you. afternoon. Yeah. What, <laughs> no drinks what, even. what better place to be on a Saturday afternoon than the Marines Memorial Club, right? And yeah. theater. It's a beautiful this place theater. Is amazing. Gorgeous. Yeah. 
It's really cool. I have and some stuff to say about this in a minute. Yes. But we are very fortunate today. We have a very wonderful special guest. Yeah. He is a comedian and an actor, an author. He's done all kinds of things. He's a, a gentleman I know a little bit, and I just love this man. He's the host of Beautiful Anonymous, which is a great podcast. Uh, it's being adapted into a four-part series. He also wrote the book Weird New York. He hosts a podcast, New Jersey is the World, which is a celebration of his home state. Yep, Jersey. <laughs> Jersey people. Anyway, I'd like to introduce the inimitable Chris Gethard. Yes. <clears throat> hey. So, thank you very Chris, much. Welcome. Hello. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm good, and I want to thank you for having me. I feel like there's many people in this room who are like, I maybe don't know who that guy is, and that's okay. <laughs> but I want to thank you both for having me. But I also have to say, I used to host a TV show, and yes. you are intimately connected to Very it. Very deeply intimately. And your involvement in it changed my life literally well, forever. it so changed my that. life in a lot of ways. I just, just quickly, Chris hosted a wonderful show, The Chris Gethard Show, which started out on cable access, and it was really great. And he did an episode called, what was it, What's in the Dumpster? Was that what it it's was? It's technically called One Man's Trash. Okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. And almost no one remembers that my show ever existed, but this episode, there are people yes. who are very smart who have said it's one of the best episodes that television ever made. I will actually agree with I, I, I agree with that. I, I was hidden in a, in a dumpster yeah. and rolled out on stage. Huge and people, spoiler, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Fuck it. Let's just move on. Um, it was, yeah. Guess what's in the dumpster? I, I really, I just fucked the whole thing up. Um, but it was a wonderful, wonderful... Yes, we convinced you to sit in a dumpster for hour, probably hours. Hours during hours. the taping. At least two hours. And here's what I like about you, because the same part of you that wants to start this show with a theremin <laughs> was the part of you that said, okay, the only thing is if no one guesses... You have to wheel me back out of there, yep. and I will not that's reveal myself. Door. I don't want yeah. anybody to know I'm <laughs> in there. And that's the part of it where I realized, oh, I think we have some similar... We were poor. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. And like, it was a disappointment funny. that actually... They did guess? Or? They kind of guessed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My name did come up enough that I was like, oh, fuck it, I have to come out, because <laughs> yeah. my name keeps getting said. It was very mysterious. It was magical. It, anyway. It's brought up to me multiple times a week, every week, and I have to thank you... Um, I was telling you backstage, we were fighting with our network so much, and I said, can you just give us one to do our way, and then we won't fight the notes on the rest of them. And it was, <laughs> that, was that one. one. Was it's that the one. only one anyone cares about. But Good. also, one thing that I have realized as I get older is, like, um, not to be pretentious, but when you're an artist with, with like weirder ideas like that, you kind of just want to get one right yeah. so that when it gets canceled, you feel like, oh, I... <laughs> I like got the I'm one. I'm okay moving yeah, on. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? yeah. So Absolutely. the fact that yeah. you allowed me to get one right, I'm yeah, like, oh, I can like rest easy and go die without that stuck in my brain. Fantastic. Thanks for that. No, my pleasure, man. Anytime, yeah. anytime I can help out in that way, that I'm, I'm happy to do it. I also, I don't know how long you want to talk about this, but I do have a story. I don't know. No, <laughs> do the whole show this There's a thing I've always wanted to tell you. Oh. <laughs> do you know why we put you in a dumpster? For ratings, I thought. Yeah. I thought it was for... Well, so you you and I met. Um, you had me meet to pitch ideas for your production yes. company. Yes. And we were put in touch. My production company, yes. And I pitched you like maybe 10 minutes of ideas. And very quickly, you did one of the <laughs> kindest things anyone's ever done where you stopped me and you were like, 
all of these ideas are super cool. They are not from my company. <laughs> and by the, the way, wait a minute though. Then awesome. I pitched you on some, and you were like, mm. "Yeah, <laughs> we both did it." Okay, he was good. responding you to your, and it was a very yeah. kind. Yeah. Yeah. But here's very... the thing that no one does because sometimes you have that where they go, "I don't like your ideas." What else do you got? And you were like, "No, it wasn't like that." You were like, "You need to go make that happen," yes. yeah. which was cool. And then you came and hung out at the Public Access Studio. So great. Then we go to cable. And the way our show survived was not by the ratings by any means. It was because I was at the UCB theater and had cool friends who would come help us out. So they were right. like, oh, you got Will Ferrell on your show. And Amy oh, Poehler yeah. did a video. We'll keep your show going. And one of the names we kept putting, I was like, I've become acquaintances with Paul Giamatti. And he's come to hang out at the Public Access Studio. And I'm sure he would be on. Come help it out. And they kept... Coming back with lists and your name would and they would be like no and I was like what is yeah. happening <laughs> wow really and interesting then, here's what they we found like, out no we don't want him on the show here's no no ratings no, are gonna plummet no 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 it's so much better than that <laughs> oh okay well, because I I will tell you you know like I have uh, the entertainment industry I'm not a huge fan of how it operates <laughs> okay and what we found out was that the head of our network had married a woman who was in her early twenties. And apparently he would go home with the lists of proposed guests and just go to his wife oh, and come say, on. Who, do you, who do you like? Oh, right. shit. And I guess she wasn't and she smitten was like, with not you. That <laughs> not that guy. She guy. wasn't particularly smitten. <laughs> <laughs> so for cow. years on cable, for two entire seasons, I was like, one of America's most beloved actors will come on our show. And we later found out, no, uh, his, his... Not his, beloved at that household. One, this one woman, not as beloved. And I... And then we said, can we at least stick him in a fucking dumpster? And she said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what if we throw him in a garbage can? She then can we have that one? On she it, yeah. Put him in a fucking dumpster and I'll let him be on. God bless her. God bless her. Wow. Have you ever wondered why we call French fries French fries? Or why something is the greatest thing since sliced bread? There are answers to those questions. Everything Everywhere Daily is a podcast for curious people who want to learn more about the world around them. Every day, you'll learn something new about things you never knew you didn't know. Subjects include history, science, geography, mathematics, and culture. If you're a curious person and want to learn more about the world you live in, just subscribe to Everything Everywhere Daily wherever you cast your pod. I do want to introduce some interesting topics because you are interested in stuff like this. I was yeah. not aware that you wrote for Weird New York, yeah, which is what? It's like a series of books, well, it right? Started, there's a fanzine in New Jersey called Weird New Jersey. And when I was in high school, uh, it exploded in popularity. If you uh -huh. grew up in Jersey in the late 90s through up until today, they still publish two issues a year. It was just this thing that was like, here's every... Haunted road, haunted cool. tree, abandoned mental hospital, <laughs> a lot of them crazy in serial lot of killer, them. like anything strange in New Jersey. And it was beloved. And then you've probably seen these coffee table books, Weird New York, Weird yes. Florida, Weird US. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it blew up into those. And I wound up co-writing so Weird started, US. The Jersey one was the original one. The Jersey one was this very gritty underground fanzine. And oh. then it became a series of books of which I wrote Weird New York and 
ghost wrote or co-wrote seven or eight other states. That's is, is there one for San Francisco? Is there a weird there San Francisco? There's a weird California. Oh, weird California. No, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. So you wrote what other states did you do? I wrote a bunch of chapters in weird Virginia. I did a bunch in Ohio. Ohio is one of the weirdest Real places. Weird. Uh, <laughs> Ohio is one of the weirdest. Is it, is it really? Like, what's oh, the weirdest my thing favorite, in Ohio? One of my favorite stories in the country is the story of the melon heads. Do you oh, know the melon heads? Yes, we, we love the melon heads. Of course heads. you yes. know the melon heads. Here at the Chinwag, we love the melon heads. Oh, yes, heads. the melon what's heads. The, what's the melon head one in Ohio? The melon head one in Ohio is there's stories that there was a doctor named Dr. Crow who lived in the Chagrin Valley of Ohio. He was treating kids who had hydrocephalism. Yeah. And he was an evil man who was injecting more water into their heads right. and turned them into these creatures. Yep. They rebelled, killed him, burned his house down, and took off into the woods. Fantastic. And now when you drive the dark roads in that area, yep. every once in a while, you'll just see one skittering across the yeah, road. Right. Yes. Right through the headlights. Just Do you like... know about the bunny man of Virginia? No. Oh, one the of my bunny. favorites. Wait a minute. Wait, one of my favorites. Ask is, were you like, were they like, Chris? Go check out the Bunny Man in Virginia. And you were just like, got it. Sorry. Not and only were they like up. that, they were also like, hey, we need a photo to accompany this article. And we bought a bunny suit. That's the <laughs> So if you read Weird Virginia, there is a picture of a man dressed as a bunny holding Not a bloody you. axe. And it is me. <laughs> That's the greatest job What's ever. What's the Bunny Man? I bunny Man's one of my favorites because a lot of the best stories, you start to hear these tropes, right? A woman in white. And you're like, okay, that's everywhere. Uh, or so a right. girl was walking yes. home from her prom and yeah, yeah. she almost got that. taken yes. advantage right. of and then got hit by a car. In Chicago. And, and she's covered these, in blood. And it's yeah. all these things about virtuousness and virginity and, and yeah. you start to... Un but then you hear some that are so specific and you go, this must be rooted in something. And the Bunny Man's one of my favorite examples of this because... I don't know it. There are stories no. in the area near Reston, Virginia. Um, Falls Church, Virginia, <laughs> that area. Do you, is anyone from that area who knows about <laughs> the Bunny Man Reston, Virginia? <laughs> kids out there drive there's a bridge where there's all these stories of a man who dresses as a bunny and attacks cars and some people say he was escaped from a mental hospital and this and that but that one was very fascinating because I did a lot of the research on that and we eventually found a librarian <laughs> who was uh -huh. able to find us articles oh. that the reason there are stories of a man dressed as a bunny attacking people with an axe is because in the 1970s there were two real incidents of a man who dressed as a bunny oh, attacking people. Really? And so it just remains folklore, kind uh, of. Uh, yeah, and it, and it was uh, an area that was very rural. What you'll find is a lot of the best stories, the ghost stories, are areas that went from rural to suburban right. very, yeah. very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And the old stories got Stick left there. behind and the suburbanites yeah. couldn't and make it, sense of them. Yeah. That's, and the suburbanites almost use them as these kinds of cautionary yes. things. Yeah. It's almost like there's now there's an other sort of and it, they, they function in that way it seems like. And yeah, there's kind a, of uh, urban myths. There's urban a kind myths. of interpretation of horror films. It's, this is sort of the conservative interpretation which is it's always like two kids making out in a car at makeout point and then the stabbing comes in and it's like, you know, it's rendered guy lovingly, you know, yeah. Yeah. the guy with a, a suit. And it's sort of like, don't have sex before marriage because this is right. what's going to happen to you, that. you know, like, yeah. But this one, you'll be not shocked to hear, there legitimately was two kids making <laughs> oh, out in a yeah, car. <laughs> and they were at um, what was, I think, going to be turned into like a condo development type oh. area. And this guy came out with an axe and started saying, like, get out of here. But then was also yelling, like, the development needs to stop. Like, he sounded like he was just a guy who also didn't want the town to change. Oh, God. Like I don't know how to express episode. that properly. That's so he dressed as a bunny. That's 
That's fascinating. So he decided to dress as a bunny. And it happened twice. Twice? And same since. guy or different guys? I pray it was the same guy. Because now you're suggesting some sort of bunny Illuminati. <laughs> That's, well, there's some sort of cult or something like that going on. That's very, very weird. I've never heard of that yeah. one. That's like killer clown ones. Yeah. That's yep. like the weird like spectral clown ones where yep. the clowns are sort of... I remember and, when I was in fifth grade, there was a Jersey one. This will tell you exactly when I was raised. Uh, one of the many waves of killer clown rumors went around, but mine was specifically that it was a guy dressed as Homie the Clown uh, from oh, In Living Color. That's right. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. We, there were police outside of my school because there were so many rumors that Homie the Clown was going to come <laughs> kill a kid in West Orange, New Jersey. <laughs> what we were going to try is, is get into... California stuff. Yeah. Frisco. Uh, Frisco. You're not supposed to call it Frisco. Yeah, that's what right? I heard. Huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> I stopped myself just in fucking time. <laughs> Holy shit. San Francisco, but also sort of the NorCal area. Yeah. And it's interesting because... Well, I, I wanted to point something out before we talk about that. Right as I got here to this amazing theater, this place is haunted, I'm told. I'm told that off that side of the stage, there are frequently lights seen, strange lights... And up in that part of the, all you people up there Watch should know out. this. Look out. That there's a shadow being that sort of oh, blots great. out a lot of the light that yeah. will come up and, and sort of lurks up in that side. So everybody might want to just mm, uh, And, and the, uh, it was the, uh, the theater be. manager is the one who told us this. And he said he was a skeptic. But he also says goodnight to it every night when he leaves the, the building. Like, so I don't think you're a skeptic, dude. I think, <laughs> I think you buy it. I think you buy it. But anyway, it's nice to be in a so it yeah. feels haunted, this place. It's got weird feng shui. I have a whole thing about feng shui, about like the, 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 the sort of disposition of spaces and stuff. Like that's, that staircase you come up to get in here. I'm like, it's taken way too many fucking turns. <laughs> I'm like, it's not possible. This is defying the lone laws of physics in here. How the fuck is this staircase working? That was freaking me out coming up here. I don't like shit like that. It really, really bothers me. But the place we wanted to talk about is Mount Shasta. Yes. Which, yeah. which has a lot of genuine roots in sort of native culture and folklore. So there is a whole baseline around that area that is sort of, there's weird shit going on there. Yeah. And always yeah. has been. But, <laughs> yeah. but now it's sort of taken on a life of its own Mount Shasta. And you, you did, now did you study Mount Shasta for a weird decades ago? Really? And the way I found out about it while working for a magazine in New Jersey was I was driving on Route 22, which the Jersey people in here know, terrible highway, terrible highway. And I had to go a jug handle. If you're ever driving in New Jersey, you can't make left turns on highways. You've got to take a jug handle around. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. And I was on a jug. And when you, when you start thinking about this stuff, and I was writing about it all the time, you do develop a very acute sensor for like <laughs> something strange is happening. Clock that. Google that <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah. Yeah. And I was on a jug handle in either Springfield or Westfield, New Jersey, somewhere down there on Route 22. And I just passed a church. And I saw the sign outside said it was called the I Am Temple. Ah. And I'd never heard of that. Yeah. And when I Googled it, I said, oh, we have a story here. Yeah. <laughs> My detector was correct because the I Am Temple is intimately connected to the many legends of Mount Shasta. And then I started finding out about how many other legends that are yeah. all sort of separate, but then there's, they've also blended together in a way that's very interesting yeah. uh, about people, not even people, subterranean creatures living yeah. within Mount Shasta. Yeah. 
Mount whole religions Shasta. that have developed around Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta is like yeah. a just one one stop shopping for every kind of weird thing yeah, you could Big possibly Foot, want. Bigfoot is there, UFOs, uh, yeah. the, the Lemurians. Yeah. The Lemurians. Yeah. Is the Tell best. us what you know about the Lemurians. Oh, the Lemurians. <laughs> have you guys heard of the Lemurians? Anybody, anybody know, know the Lemurians? Lemuria? Right okay, some people. I also feel like before, because I don't, I try to keep an open mind, and I never want to be dismissive. I, I, I will not judge. Is there anyone here who's like? You're Northern California people. There might be people here who are like, no, yeah, I'm, I've been there and I think all of it's real. Anybody here believe in the Mount Shasta stuff? I, yeah. One guy is I'm on the fence. One guy firmly does. I'm one, open. So there's a lot of stuff happening on Mount Shasta. People have seen stuff hiking it. We have to talk about the Ascended Masters later. Yes, all of this stuff. But the Lemurians, if I remember right, were sort of a companion to the Atlanteans. And while the Atlantis continent sunk under the sea, Correct. this other race of quasi-human, maybe not human people, instead of retreating under the sea, have an entire um, civilization that lives in a hollowed out Mount Shasta, that Mount yes. Shasta is they, hollow. They, 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 the, the earth Lemurians, is hollow as yeah. well, just in case anybody was wondering. The earth is also hollow, and they live down... Lemuria starts out as an actual, I think, Steve. Yeah, no. it's an it's an actual uh, like after Darwin, people were, got really excited about the origin of human beings, and they hypothesized that there was some kind of landmass that connected Africa and India and all the way down to Australia, and they called it Lemuria after lemurs because they thought it was some way that lemur lemurs. monkeys got from India yes, to Madagascar. Exactly. And I then, can't believe we know this shit. Yeah, I know. And then uh, Ernst Haeckel, the German Darwin, never mind. Uh, there's a, there, so there's a legit concern with Lemuria that was scientific, but then the Theosophical Society and Helen Blavatsky, Blavatsky and, and Rudolf Steiner and all of the mystics got a hold of it like in the late 1800s. And then they started to interpret it more like that there were special people that lived there that are our, uh, that are our forebearers, the Lemurians, and they're giants. And huh. we descended from them, but they now live in Mount Shasta. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's the best. Like, professor, amazing. It's one of the best. Yeah, it has all of this stuff, which I would think why Bigfoot is connected to it too, I guess, because he's sort of big and stuff like that. And it must be some sort of, but, but what will you, please, um, yeah, I mean, that was most, I remember finding that, and that was the type of thing I was very good at, of like driving on a jug handle in New Jersey and then turning around to my boss and being like, so there's people inside a mountain in California. <laughs> and he was like, this is why we employ you, young man. <laughs> Tied into the Murians, kind of separate, but also is the I Am movement, yeah, which that is... that came in the 30s, right? And yeah. this, you saw an I Am church I in New Jersey. I saw an I Am temple in New Jersey. So this it, is a currently, fairly currently functions. functioning There thing. are still I Am temples. There, I believe there's a, a headquarters in the th Bay I think, Area, I think. And, or no, and some... in Chicago. Uh, the original <laughs> Ballards who created it were from Chicago, so there might still be people in Chicago who are do, who are part of I Am, and I believe there is a group in Mount, at Mount Shasta, as well. Um, what is what does I Am stand for? Yeah, what what, what's what the, did you learn about their beliefs? Uh, yeah, and stuff? From what I remember is that the founder, the there was a couple, but yeah, Mr. Ballards, Ballard, I forget yeah. his first name. He was supposedly hiking up Mount Shasta and was approached by a creature who he first perceived to be an angel, but he 
was then filled in that this was someone named Saint Germain. Oh my God. And right. Saint Germain was actually an ascended master. That's right. Amazing. And the ascended masters are sort of this, it's a very fascinating thing because the ascended masters are like, they believe that Jesus was an ascended master. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of religious figures were ascended masters. Uh -huh. And Saint Germain There's was one sort who, of a line of these kind yes, of superior. Who of beings. course told the ballards everything they needed to know to establish this religion. But uh -huh. I find it very fascinating because I'm like, you kind of look at what Judeo-Christian religions did, like I, I grew up very Catholic, so I'm very aware. Like a lot of the saints are co-opted Celtic figures yeah. or uh -huh. or Catholic saints that were then ascribed what Catholic what Celtic deities had. Or you start to look at yeah. like what the Greeks or Romans were worshiping with multiple gods. Sure, and how we kind of said, you know, they'll be monotheistic, but the Catholics can still quietly have that. And that'll take on different forms Modifying in Ireland. these things, yeah. And in Mexico, that's a different thing. And yeah. in the Philippines, yeah, yeah. that takes on different forms. And in Cuba, that starts to tie in to different folk religions and they get blended together. And then I start to look at things like, and this is going to sound strange, but go with me for a second. <laughs> Will it? Will it really sound strange? <laughs> the Avengers movies, where I'm like, where I'm like, if if we didn't have Judeo Christianity, like that's what the Avengers, like the Hulk and Thor and Captain sure. America, in a different era yeah. of not mass media, those would just be the stories we told around a campfire. I agree. I agree. And those would no, be they gods. Absolutely are. No, and they it absolutely feels are. like the the I am movement with the ascended masters was kind of an intentional effort. Yes. To say, hey, let's split the difference between angels and saints. And Roman and Olympic superhero style yeah. gods, yeah, yeah, and base it all on a weird hollow mountain in California, <laughs> Mount Shasta, within Jeez. which there are already stories of eight foot tall proto humans. Yeah, yeah it's ready. To, well, it's, it's ready like made. It's a weird way of kind of covering all of it. It's like so you yeah. kind of you kind of just like make it a catch all thing again. You kind of yeah. throw it all in there. Yeah, which it seems like a lot of that stuff. We talk about these theosophical society and all these people, Madame Blavatsky, and it's like they just threw everything, threw everything in there to kind of like make it broadly appealing. Yeah, exactly. But also, and people, so everybody can sort of latch on to latch it in some it way and grow right? it and evolve it. And the UFOs are supposed to be the Lemurians who are coming in motherships to visit their underground city, which is Telos. Uh -huh. And th and so you can wrap it all together, and then big fights, Bigfoot sightings are also the Lemurians. But yeah, it is religious. It's a religious impulse, I think, ultimately, that has always been around. The imagination just, and they're here. This whole species of things that are better than us, more divine. They could be helpers. Yeah, you know, we're not alone. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And UFOs. I mean, the whole idea of UFOs is this kind of thing coming out of the sky that might be offering us salvation, but most of the time it seems not to be. But uh, so the I Am Church grows up around all of they. They really formulate a lot of stuff. So there's still people out there at Mount Shasta yeah. who are who are totally into all this. Yeah, stuff. One of them's right over there. Yeah, I know it's true. <laughs> there he is, right over there. Did you have any experiences at Mount Shasta? No, I've never actually been. I've only no. read about it and written about it from the comforts of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I've driven past it. I mean, the other thing that's interesting is apparently, you know, there's a lot of legitimate weird. Uh, meteorological stuff that happens there and a lot of weird geophysical stuff that happens there. There's something called an X point, they think there, which are these sort of short-lived weird sort, and it's a real thing, kind of magnetic sort of connections to the sun. They don't, they don't mean anything particularly, but it's this sort of odd geophysical magnetic thing. It's, it is actually happening there, they think. 
But then that all gets thrown into this too, and it well, all starts to become that. You're into the interdimensional Bigfoot, as uh, anyone who follows our uh, podcast will know right. that Paul's into interdimensional Bigfoot. I guess I say yes. Is that what I say? I can't remember. I say so much shit on this show hey, that you, I can't you need remember. To interdimensional this, man. Bigfoot. You need to commit. I also wonder if yeah, <laughs> that he's like from the future. I have all different kinds of theories about Bigfoot because he's super fascinating. But all this kind of stuff is. Wonderful. What other? I mean, there's other. Th- I was in in this city particularly. I was sort of fascinated by the whole Alcatraz thing. Have you ever oh, like yeah. pati- like read up about Alcatraz or anything? Which is haunted apparently, and had that great escape from Alcatraz, um, which was a great movie. Does anybody remember this movie with Clint Eastwood? Do you remember the movie with I Clint Eastwood? I never saw it. Yeah, Escape I never from saw Alcatraz. It. And I remember as a kid watching that movie and, and thinking, you know, they, they literally escaped by making paper mache dummies and putting them in the, in the beds. And these paper mache, they, they kind of took the gratings out of the heating ducts and put paper mache things in. And as a kid, I remember thinking, surely this couldn't have fucking worked like this. <laughs> oh, yes, it did. I was like, they, it didn't. But then they got away with rafts made out of raincoats and they never actually caught these guys. These guys got away and they do not know what happened to them. And this is what I love is that a bunch of guys recently did some whole study of weather patterns then and all these things and have concluded that they could have easily probably gotten away. Survived. Because of currents and stuff like that. So they probably did get away. Good for them. But yeah. Good for them. Right? I love maybe that. Maybe one of them's here now. Maybe one of them. Hopefully. Maybe it's that guy who believes in Mount Shasta. But I like that whole thing. That's a good sort that of is San Francisco weirdness. People who get away with it or People at least you don't know they're it. mysterious. They disappear and you, you hope for the best but you have no idea. People disappear. Yeah. Disappear. Strange disappearances. Did you ever do a lot of any studying up on strange disappearances and any of that stuff? N- none of those come, I can, none that I can speak to with authority. Yeah. Uh, Why not, that Chris? Stop That's you. a real yeah, disappointment. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry that I can't think of strange disappearances. No, but it's an interesting. I'm yeah. sort of fascinated by people disappearing and strange disappearances. There's a strange appearance. Are you, you will like this. Great. Uh, this does not, it just segues from, uh, it's not. I don't think it's now Northern California based, but are you familiar with the stories of Valiant Thor? No. Oh, you would love well, let's Valiant hear Thor. Valiant Thor. Anyone familiar with Valiant go. Thor? Well, I mean, like as differentiated from Valiant Thor in the comic book with this, yes, different guy. So no, Valiant, great. So in the early days of people who started to believe in UFOs, there were conventions, and there were not many of these people um, spread throughout the country, so they all came to know each other. And at one of these early conventions, I believe in the early 1960s, if I remember right, a guy showed up and said his name was Valiant Thor. And there's pictures of this person. Not many, but there are pictures. And supposedly what the people there verified was <laughs> that he had no fingerprints, that he had smooth fingertips. Wow. And that he spoke every language that what? anyone there knew, to That the people who knew French could speak to him in no French. No shit. And that if they... Spat Every language him, everybody Arabic at the convention could speak. And this man claimed that he was from Venus. Amazing. And that he had a ship that was um, at the bottom of a lake, and he was waiting for other Venusians to arrive to help him repair it. Uh-huh. And... You Valiant can look it up that Thor. there was this very was weird Was he dressed pers- funky? Yeah, was he dressed like Valiant Thor I, I, in any way? I, I, was from he what like- I remember, he was a specific looking guy, but not like he didn't he wasn't dressed like a or work from work or anything like that. Right. You know, like he <laughs> could have probably gone shopping in the supermarket and not been harassed too bad. 
but he was a real person that at the very least, if it was a hoax, he really did show up at wow. this thing. And just this one time he showed up. He didn't forget, show up repeatedly. I, I know he showed up and made a big splash and then was around for a little while. And from what I remember, kind of faded into obscurity and no one's quite sure what happened. And maybe he had a brother... At some point, there was like a valiant, valiant, valiant uh, someone else yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. brother. And then at some point, there was like a 2010s era email band this named is Valiant the movie Thor. You've seen. No. Oh, really? Somebody named there was themselves an email band after that named themselves Valiant Thor as well. Yeah. Fantastic. So that'll come up when you search. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I love all that. The early the early days of this stuff had a lot of like really great stuff. Like the UFO that. days, you mean? Yeah, the, where it was like really kind phenomena. of crazy. Like it all seemed like some B science fiction movie yeah which is i guess only everybody's reference point in some way so that's what you sort of went to but now why is the like now you see that the crafts are very different they're not the saucers like they were there are these little tic tacs and now there's that weird like <laughs> squid thing or oh, have you yeah. guys seen this thing it's like thing? a squid ufo no oh it's really have you yeah, seen this thing this i don't know what was it it was a satellite picture of something it was a military installation somewhere in like Iraq or Iran yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. And there's this little thing. It looks like a, it looks like one of the Pac-Man things. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it this kind of like little tentacled blob that's sort of drifting around. And it doesn't look... You're like, this is not possible. It's moving really swiftly. And you're thinking, it's somebody that just left some you know, jelly <laughs> on the lens on the or something like that. But apparently not. Apparently... They've done a lot of tests of this, and it's it's a thing that's actually there, and it's sort of zipping around. It's really spooky. It's very weird, and it's they're calling it the flying jellyfish thing of Iran or something like that. But that's if what I'm calling it. If it's it now. fake, then then it's following the popular culture, right? Like it's looking at movies and trying to make shit that looks like that, or kind of like sci-fi. But if it's real it suggests that the alien tech is also changing from the 1950s to now, right? <laughs> right, that's what I love about it. Well, that was fun, and we're going to have more with Chris Gethard on next week's Chinwag, and make sure you check out our bonus wag Q&A with the audience from SF Sketchfest coming out this coming Friday, so don't sleep on that. I, I can't get enough of this Lemurian stuff, like... The idea of like hidden civilizations in Mount Shasta that go back to India and Africa, it's crazy. And it was just really fun to get into that. Um, our fans are amazing, I have to say. And we want to give a shout out to Eric Martin, an amazing cartoonist who was in the audience at SF Sketchfest. And Eric presented us with some fantastic on-the-spot original sketches. He did these during the recording, and we were just blown away. I mean, it looks like Paul. It looks like me. And he's even got cryptids sitting in the audience. It's really hilarious. So if you want to see his awesome illustrations, and you should, check out his Instagram, which is at Eric Martin. That's all one word, Eric Martin 365 Thanks again, Eric. That was awesome. All right, that's all for now. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again Friday with a bonus. So wag on, weirdos. Chinwag is a production of Treefort Media and Touchy Feely Films, hosted and executive produced by Paul Giamatti and Stephen Asma. Executive producers for Treefort are Kelly Garner and Lisa Ammerman. Dan Carey is executive producer for Touchy Feely. Our series producer is Rachel Whitley-Bernstein. Original theme music by Luke Topp, with additional music by Via Mardot. Oscar Guido is our executive in charge of production. Tom Monahan is head of audio for Treefort. Audio production supervision by Matt Dyson. 
Editing and mixing by Jeff Neal. Animation created by Alex Sokol. Research assistance by Aiden Brooks. Lastly, for more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find us on Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod.